This is New England Patriots running back and three-time Super Bowl champion James White. You're listening to the two-minute drill. Oh, man, has it been a long time since the two-minute drill has come out with a podcast? We are back. It's Dan and I. We decided to give this thing another run. The Patriots have had a crazy offseason. Uh, good draft. Coaching changes right now are into OTAs and voluntary practices. Dan, it's so good to be back, man, and it's good to hear your voice, buddy. Yeah, dude, so great to be back. Couldn't really – I mean, we all had crazy schedules this fall, and it was just not working out as far as trying to get stuff out as much as we wanted to. But we all kind of came together and decided that we should try to give it one more shot, start posting consistently, and – you know, revamp this podcast. So, uh, I mean, I feel like we might as well just jump right into it. We have a ton of stuff to cover. We haven't done an episode in a really long time. Uh, but before we get into the off season, I figure we might as well look at the current news surrounding the Patriots. And the biggest storyline, without a doubt, for this team right now is the possible addition of DeAndre Hopkins. As it currently stands, he is a free agent. Uh, he's expected to really kind of take his time with a decision and it seems as though the Patriots and Browns are the two pretty clear-cut front runners. Kev, do you think we're going to end up with Hopkins? Out of all the years that we've done this, right, we've done Odell Beckham, we've done Antonio Brown in the past. I feel like we did DeAndre Hopkins when he was with um, Houston in 2018. I feel like we did this with, like, Calvin Johnson, all of these guys. And every we've single done, like, time Debo Samuel. We done, we've so many of these and there's been so many edits of these guys in Patriots uniforms and this is the first time I mean I did feel confident of OBJ um, but that one obviously failed uh, miserably but I actually do think that there's a pretty good chance of this happening like you kind of touched on it seems like he's going to until training camp it seems like DeAndre Hopkins is asking for money that is very similar to OBJ which is 15 million dollar deal i'm expecting that DeAndre is going to want a couple years tagged on i don't think this is going to be like a, a one and done situation for d mm-hmm. um and then like the teams that were interested the teams that you would think would be like the bills they don't have any money they just made a move um the other day on a defensive uh leonard floyd so mm-hmm. they don't have any salary crap to get him the chiefs use their money to pay orlando Brown. i know mahomes could do an extension and I think Chris Jones is doing line for extension. So it just doesn't seem like there's many teams that are interested. I know the Jets said they're out. The Cowboys said they're out. And it seems like the teams, I don't even know if the Browns are interested. I know it's just the Watson um, mm-hmm. chemistry that he has. But it seems like the Patriots right now are the favorites to get D-Hop. And they they have cap. They have a need there. You need a number one for your offense. So I actually believe it. And I will be Harper if it doesn't happen because it just seems like the chances are too good right now. Yeah, you mentioned it there most of the time because right when Hopkins kind of became a free agent and earlier around the draft when everyone was talking about us maybe trading for him, like the whole time I was like, it's not going to happen. You know, we're not we're not a contender when you compare Mac Jones to some of the other QBs he could play with. But, you know, as you mentioned there, Chiefs spent their money revamping the O-line, swapping out Orlando Brown for Juwan Taylor. Bills didn't really have any money to begin with. They just spent what they had on Leonard Floyd. Cowboys looked like they could have maybe been a team in play, but they traded for Brandon Cooks instead. So, yeah, I mean, it really, it's us, the Browns, and then I've seen the Texans mentioned as a dark horse. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of burned bridges within that organization. 
going to play for a rookie quarterback. I'd be really surprised if he opts to do that. That's a rumor that's kind of lost some momentum recently. But, yeah, I mean, he came out and he said that he cares more about stability at coaching and a good defense and, you know, factors like that that you would think would give us a better shot. But I don't know. I I do agree with the sentiment you shared that, you know, I, I do feel better about our chances of getting Hopkins compared to some of these rumors in the past. But it's just – I think it's really tough to compete with him reuniting with Deshaun Watson, especially because I do think outside of the quarterback position, we are the slightly better team. Uh, We're definitely better defensively. Uh, The offensive line, the run game is all, you know, pretty neck and neck. Cleveland might have a slight advantage there. But, I mean, for DeAndre Hopkins, comparing Deshaun Watson to Mac Jones, like it's not – I mean, Deshaun Watson did not have a good year last year. Yeah, but you you got to look at it through his eyes. You got to look at it through Hopkins' eyes. Like Hopkins is Hopkins is going to write last year off as you know the guy suspended eleven games, crazy situation. He's you know coming into this new team, which is all very valid. But what Hopkins is going to be remembering and considering when he makes this decision is the Deshaun Watson that he played with in Houston. So that's that's just where I get nervous. And the other thing too is another thing that I've seen is Hopkins doesn't practice. Um, Hopkins mm-hmm. might practice once during the week. That is normally a problem in New England. Like, you got to be out there. I know Hopkins has a couple of times that has made me be like, yeah, no, there's a zero percent chance this happens because he's very honest about it. Said he said he didn't want to go to a team that had state income tax. Massachusetts sadly has um, a large state tax every year. The cold weather must be a little bit of a factor for him. He's done videos where they've asked him, like, what team he wants to go to, what quarterback he wants to play for. He named his top five quarterbacks, and it was obviously the Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, um, Lamar Jackson, and I forget who the fifth one was, but obviously it's a talented – or, like, Jalen Hurts, I think, was the other one. And then Mm -hmm. he was asked – when he did an interview, like give a thumbs up or a thumbs down or like a facial expression of what team you want to go to. And he's asked about New England. He gave like a no face, said no to the Jets, but wanted to go to the Chiefs and the Bills. So it's just going to, it's just weird. I feel like one random team might swoop in out of nowhere. Like Baltimore yeah. might be that team. Like give Lamar, no, I and OBJ. So. I mean, I don't, I could just see a random team like that. Bateman's coming off an injury, but I, I think it's like, a, like, I don't know, like a, 40% chance that he lands a New England Patriot? I really do think it's us or Cleveland. You know, gun to my head prediction, I would go Cleveland, but I think that we have just as good a chance as they do, to be honest, because Cleveland is not that great, and we have the same amount of money to offer, and there's obviously an affinity there towards Bill Belichick, where it seems like he wants to play for him. But let's just say we do end up with Hopkins realistically, how much do you think that changes this team? I Personally, the team we're looking at right now, I'm not sure we get into the playoffs. If we get Hopkins, I think we do. And I think once we get there, we could possibly make some noise. I'd put our like absolute ceiling at probably a divisional round appearance. Whereas right now, the best I could see us doing is like sneaking into the seven and just getting blown out in the wild card round. Yeah, I think... It's a tough, it's a good question, too, because, like, a lot of people, like, what you see, like, on Twitter, which is crazy to me, is that they've said that they don't think DeAndre Hopkins is what he used to be. Like, obviously not everyone's on their prime, but, like, D-Hop had, like, 760 yards last year in what, like, 10 games, 10, 11 games? 
um, he still will be a great contributor to a team. Um, obviously, you would we would have to part ways with, I assume, they would trade or cut Devontae Parker if that yeah, was probably. the case because I feel like that would be the outside guy. Cause I don't or really Kendrick think you, Bourne, maybe. I don't think – I think Bourne's going to be a big part of this offense. I think I hope he is, is a little yeah. different from a, um, Parker, but I think that – I don't know. I like this team. Um, I think that their offense will be all right without D-Hop. I think that with Bill, like the stuff that we'll get into with the offseason moves and all of that, but obviously Bill O'Brien being the offensive coordinator, two tight end sets, I think that they're going to use Jusecki really well. So I think that having those two tight ends actually, like we're, we're actually going to have an offense. So I'm excited to see what Matt Jones does. But I think that it's like you said, I think Hopkins takes you from that bearing wild card to like, getting dominated in that game to like making it to the divisional round and competing. I think that's the big difference, but I still like the team's chances of getting in the show without Hawkins either way. Yeah. I mean, I said it there. I I don't have particularly high expectations for this team right now. Um, DeAndre Hopkins certainly makes this better and it gives Mac Jones his best chance to succeed, which I think is a very important thing because this season without a doubt, is make or break for him. Like, if, if we have another bad year, he's probably not going to be our quarterback next year. We're probably going to try to, you know, maybe trade him away, draft someone else, give Zappy a shot, sign someone, who knows. So I do think it would be very wise of us to surround him with all these weapons so that you can't blame it on everything else. Very similar to what the Giants tried to do with Daniel Jones. A lot of those moves didn't really work out, and it actually kind of, like, I don't know, not backfired because he had a good season, but sort of backfired because they had to give him more time because they signed Kenny Galladay, they drafted Kadarius Tony, all this stuff, and they just weren't good. But I think that Hopkins would be a great tool for Mac Jones. I think he'd help our offense out a ton, giving us that actual legitimate number one receiver that we haven't had in such a long time. Um, and I'd be a big fan of the move, but yeah, I don't, I, this just isn't a team that I think has legitimate championship aspirations either way, and I think a lot of people would agree with me there. I just how many, how many? And this is like going a little bit off topic from the Patriots, but like, how many teams in the AFC do you see as like dominant? Because I only see like two teams that are like dominant in the AFC, and then I think the Chiefs. rest is a give and take. Chiefs, Chiefs and Bengals. Yeah, I think, uh, I, mean, I, think I, mean, I, a, I think Buffalo is on a big decline. They're going to regress a lot. They're not going to be as good as they have been the past couple of years. I think they kind of all threw it in the past two years, and they kind of failed. Yeah, And I think they're going to regress a little bit. I think that, honestly, I think that if Miami gets Dalvin Cook, I think that'll be huge for them. And I think yeah. that they'll take yeah. a leap over Buffalo. And I don't know the Jets are the Jets, so you never know how it's going to work over there. But, like, Baltimore, I don't really – Baltimore will be a lot better. Yeah, Baltimore is going to be a pretty good well, the, team. And then, that's like, the, the tough thing. It is, like, average. I think it's just after that. But that's already six teams or five teams, and three of them are in our division. So well, that's the, Jets, the problem. The Jets is a question mark because you never know what's going to happen. It's like – I mean, the, you're the right, Jets be the same have... thing as the Broncos last year? Like, that was the – you know what I, I mean? Don't, I don't think so because the difference there for me is – the Broncos were just kind of like a team with potential, right? Like it was like, okay, like they have a good defense. They have some good receivers, solid line, but, you know, it's Drew Locke, right? The Jets, on the other hand, in spite of – I'm talking about Russell Wilson. 
That's what I'm saying. I'm comparing the Broncos to the Jets. The Jets, in spite of Zach Wilson, have been, like, they've been rising. They've been getting better, even though he's bad. Like, they have one of the best young defenses in the NFL. Garrett Wilson had a great rookie year. Like, they have a lot of – Brees Hall, they have a lot of young talent on that roster, like a lot of stuff that would point you towards a promising future. And then now they're going to swap Zach Wilson, who was probably the worst starting quarterback in the NFL this past year. For Aaron Rodgers. So I do agree that, you know, it's the Jets. Rodgers is 40. He's going into a new situation. Anything could happen, all this stuff. But I do think they will be more successful than the Broncos and Russell Wilson just because in the years prior, the Jets were definitely better than those Broncos teams were. Yeah, I, thought, I feel like they're almost like pretty even in my opinion, other than I think Garrett Wilson is way better. I think Javante Williams is better than Brees Hall, but their defense is, like, this past season, Denver's defense was allowing, like, two touchdowns a game. No, like, I know, and they, they both have. was somewhat, like, solid, like, and didn't completely like, screw up the whole team, then that team would have been in, like, probably would have been, like, the five or six seed. Yeah. They would have been right um, in it. But, no, I, I do like the Jets roster, though. I know exactly what you're saying. I just can't trust it after the Russell Wilson experiment. Even though it is Aaron Rodgers, like the first OTA practice, the Jets had Rodgers got hurt, and Lazard got hurt. Yeah, and you're not really even moving, so I don't know. But I, it's those teams are tough. I still think the Pats right now. I think their defense is going to be so good. Um, I think they did a wonderful job in the draft, and I know I keep bouncing around in circles, but like championship team, I think that that defense is going to be so elite, and they were pretty good last year, and they only got better. No, I mean, I, I agree with that for sure. I mean, while we're on the topic, let's just let's just jump into the defense overall. No crazy, like, off-season free agency moves for the defense, but a huge draft for the defense. Massive draft for the defense. Pat Scribe, Christian Gonzalez at 17 after trading back. That was crazy to me. He yep. was head and sh- – I mean, Devon Witherspoon's great, but Christian Gonzalez was head and shoulders my top corner in this draft. Are I thought he was a lock – I thought he was a lock for the top ten. Oh, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I thought for sure he would go six to Detroit. Then I thought the Raiders might take him at seven. I thought the Falcons could take him at eight. Once Detroit came back on the clock at 12, I was like, all right, they just had the best draft. They traded back, and they're going to get him. When Pittsburgh traded up, I even thought they could go for him. Commanders obviously make the you know the decision. Nobody was expecting taking, yeah, Emmanuel Forbes that high, so. I mean, it really worked out great for us. I was super happy with it. Uh, and I just – I think Christian Gonzalez is just a stud. And he's coming into a perfect situation where he has maybe the be- – probably the best defensive coach in the NFL, best defensive coach in NFL history. That's the guy who's going to be teaching him and developing him. He's going to get to go in right away and have all these good corners and, you know, a good secondary around him. He's going to get thrown right into the fire playing in the AFC East, having to go against, you know, Hill and Waddle and Garrett Wilson and Stephon Diggs for sure. But having all those guys around him in that support system, I think he's just set up so well to succeed. I think he's going to have a great rookie year. Um, and then we grabbed Keon White. I think we had a big needed edge. That was great. And then Marte Mapu, a guy who I honestly didn't know much about going into the draft. I, of course, read up on him more once he became a Patriot, but pretty much everything I saw about him, like Daniel Jeremiah called him his favorite prospect in the draft. Everybody I saw talking about him was just saying, 
you know, if this guy had gotten a combine invite, which he didn't because he had torn his pack and, you know, that kind of like derailed his season. If he had gotten a combine invite with the performance that he had at his pro day, like he would have shot up boards. He would have put up crazy numbers. So that's another great pick. And, you know, I'm pretty high on the three of those guys. Unfortunately, just like knowing what we know about the NFL, probably all three won't pan out. I would say the guy I'm the least confident in is maybe Keon White. But, you know, other than that, yeah, really happy with those additions. I think uh, Harris Peck in the Senior Bowl. Um, I think I'm, I'm not positive. I mean, what it is, sorry. I think yeah, he might have. He, um, he's a versatile guy, so he's like a linebacker, linebacker and safety. safety and yeah. they said that even though he's wearing a red shirt during OTAs, he was kind of that main guy, like, in control of the defense. Already, it seems like him and Bentley. I think Keon, dude, like he just looks like an angry guy who really just wants to go out there and kill people. Like, I know, like, one that guy I got excited about, but I think is he's going to pin it way better is Ronnie Perkins. Like, I was really big yeah. on Ronnie Perkins. I got excited about that. Um, I can see Keon White just being plugged in from like the beginning. Mm-hmm. He's versatile too. He, he can go down to three tech. He can set the edge. He can be, he can follow running back in coverage. So I think that guy is going to be implemented a lot. I just think, like you were saying, like Gonzalez in a perfect situation, like Jonathan Jones, Chris Jones, like their defensive backs are set and they just got faster with their linebackers faster. I don't know. I think their defense can be ranked number one in the league. And I think that's going to carry them a long way. Yeah, I mean, our our defense for sure carried us last year, and we only got better. Like, the only major loss would be the retirement of Devin McCourty, which, which is big, I think which is huge. It is huge, but I think it has a way bigger impact in the locker room than it actually – or it has no. a bigger impact from, like, a leadership perspective than it does on the field. I'll rephrase that because he is still, like, the captain of that defense on the field, just, like, things he's doing verbally and, like, being able to – kind of like control that secondary and be the leader i'll still give him his credit there but as far as just like play wise i mean he had been declining that's why he retired um and i like our depth at safety we have you know i think jabril peppers is solid we're moving mills to safety we have adrian phillips and then kyle duggar is gonna kind of like maybe we just stick him at strong safety permanently now because now mapu can play that kind of inside linebacker safety role maybe we don't do that as much with Duggar and Phillips but you know I I do like our safeties a lot so I'm not super concerned about McCourty leaving it's gonna require somebody else to step up in that secondary and kind of be the leader right now looking at it I would say it's probably gonna be Jonathan Jones or Adrian Phillips um but yeah I mean I can see Phillips taking over that guy but I think the big thing with McCourty it's on it's on the field Getting guys to where they need to be lined up. That was his yeah, biggest exactly. thing. Like, he always made sure everyone was lined up in the right spot. In a Belichick defense, that's not an easy thing to do. And I think that's why, for so many years, Bill was like, dude, come back. Like, he does this with Slater and McCordy every year. I think he's been doing this since 2018. Like, one more year. One more year. I still need you. Like, no one's ready. Like, they might as well. Honestly, would be smart for them to do is to give Duggar those keys and to say, Duggar – should learn where everyone should go and be that guy and give him an extension because he's one of the guys that they have to pay within the next year mm-hmm. if you want to keep Kyle Duggar. So that might be a him smart and, him investment. And him, him, Uche, and Unwenu. Mm-hmm. 
and they got a lot of cap next year. So, I mean, that might be the smart move and, like, have Phillips be that veteran tool. But I feel like Adrian Phillips is up there in age. I don't know why I feel like that, but I feel like he's been in the league for a while. But I do like that that group overall. I think that defense, like I said a couple minutes ago, it's going to be top-ranked defense in the league. And I think it's going to be very undervalued. No one's really talking about defense. And I just think that this team's in a lot better situation when they hired Bill O'Brien, when they got those key pieces. Like, they got a couple death pieces um, in, the off- in the free agency for the offensive line with Calvin Anderson. And um, they, got, they got Anderson and they got Riley Reef. Uh, Riley Reef, yep. Um, so the guys, you got Connie McDermott back, which I, I think that was an underrated signing just because that guy was yeah, I agree. very good for us down the stretch. Um, so I think they're a lot better there. I still, believe it or not, man, I think that we might see a Trent Brown trade. I can yeah, see I him think getting we traded right before the season starts. That'll clear up some salary cap for them. That might be a move that you want to go get D-Hop and pay D-Hop and you trade Trent Brown and then you just plug in Reef and um, Anderson. And then they also got some depth in the O-line in the draft as well towards the back end. I just think that overall, I think it was a really good offseason. It started when you got rid of Matt Patricia. You brought Bill O'Brien back. It immediately was a huge impact for that team. I think it's just a brand new spark of confidence. I think, like, we are just suffering people this season. And, like, we just need to see them play a game and actually look normal. Like to actually see, like maybe we'll get that 2021 Mac Jones rookie year, even though you're not a big fan of him. Um, but he can probably prove some people wrong in that department. And I just think they're going to be a lot better and they're going to be able to compete way more. And I just don't have that worry that they're going to be a bad football team. Yeah. I mean, that, that was one thing that I was huge on coming out of this season is – the whole the whole off season going into the draft and into free agency, I was just saying our offense will literally be better no matter what because mm-hmm. we will have an actual offensive coordinator. At the time, you know, we didn't know if it'd be Bill O'Brien or whoever, but anyone would be better than Matt Patricia. He's just non offensive coordinator. He's awful. So right off the bat, obviously you love that with Bill O'Brien coming in. And then yeah, I mean looking at the line, as you mentioned it, you grabbed into who's very solid out of UCLA. City Sow is a guy who could maybe kick over to tackle if we needed him to. Calvin Anderson, Riley Reef come in. And, yeah, you haven't seen Trent Brown yet in OTAs. We could look to move on from him. Um, I, I think our line's in a good spot. We pretty much kept everybody. The only guy we lost was Wynn, who was a big negative and, you know, wouldn't have been starting for us, I don't think. Um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned it there with Mac Jones. I'm um, I'm kind of reverting back to my pre-draft takes that I had on Mac Jones. I hated him as a prospect and really didn't want to see the Patriots draft him. Once they did, I mean, I did a 180. I'm a huge Patriots fan. I want him to be successful. He had that great rookie year. But, yeah, I mean, what we saw this season – was pretty much everything I was saying from him. Okay, but back can, I in ask 2021. You a, can I ask you a question though? Do you give Mac Jones a pass for this pat for last season? I don't give him a complete pass, but I'll acknowledge that like the injury, having Patricia as your OC, like we kind of set him up for failure. hundred and ten percent. That's the thing, right? Is that like listening to other media and listening fans talk about it and how they just like have bashed Mac Jones and it's like those are the same people 
who were going off and loved this kid when he brought them to the playoffs his rookie year. It was second in rookie of the year and had a dominant first year because he was successful. And then yeah. it's like a complete three fix. It's like he sucks and all that stuff. It's like he tried, like he got in trouble midseason because he went to Alabama and coaches in Alabama and he asked people for help on a playbook because he didn't want to see the team fail and he hated what was going on and their input didn't matter. And him and Joe Judge would get into it because he's like, he knows football. And he knows what they were doing was terrible. And, like, the Bills game, and we didn't even get this far into the pod, but, like, even during the Bills game, there was him on the sidelines. He was like, throw the fucking ball. Like, stop mm-hmm. doing – dumping five-yard passes. Like, at least, like, give them a chance. So, I give him a complete pass on this pass – this last season because, like, that – it's just terrible. That's, like, expecting, like – you to go in like your varsity lacrosse goalie and like put the JV team out there, man. And like you're gonna play in the playoffs. Is it on the goalie? No, it's not because the fucking the rest of them suck. So you got to give him a pass in that perspective. And I think that he's happy. He's confident. He's working with someone who has terminology of the Alabama offense too. So you're gonna see more tweaks into that. So I just think it's gonna be. I think it's a really good fit. And I think that he's going to shut up a lot of people and I'm just excited for him to prove everyone wrong. Cause I do honestly believe it. And I don't think there's a single quarterback competition. Like everyone is proclaiming there to be too. So. Oh no, I don't, I don't think there's a quarterback competition. Um, I think Max the starter. I don't really think it matters what Zappy does this off season. Um, I, I do want to ask though, with that in mind, you giving him this complete pass, whatever, do you agree with me that if, he has the season – or not even the season he had last year because I think that goes without saying. But let's say it's something in between. He's not as good as his rookie year, but he shows some improvement and we still miss the playoffs. Do you think the Pats would move on? Um, I think they do. I think this is his last straw because of – I think the big reason why Jacoby Myers didn't get re-signed was because Myers like spoke about the offensive play calling. And it's like one of those things like you disrespect Bill – in like the media and all of that, then he's not going to trust you. And I think that's kind of the line that um, Bill is with Mac right now. And like Mac was like, it was out there that he was getting shopped around seeing if teams were interested. So I think that this is his last straw. And I think Bill O'Brien's here to save the day and make the commends happen between the two of them. But I do think it's the last straw. It depends on like what he does. Like what if he, if he throws like, 23 touchdowns, 12 picks, and, like, 3,600 yards. That's, like, you know, that you need more out of that position. I would say that 110%. And it's, like, one year with the same guy. Like, what if we saw progression down the end of the run? Then I would question if I think that he needs more time with Bill O'Brien because, obviously, you go three offensive coordinators in your first three years, that's terrible. But I think when you go from McDaniels one year, then you have Bill O'Brien the next, like Max's a smart guy. So if he can't figure it out with Bill O'Brien and it's not great, then they 100% will move on because one of his strengths is like reading a defense and knowing the playbook and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So that's a strong suit. Yeah, well, I mean, the other thing with that is it's it would be a super complex situation to move on from Mac. And it's going to depend heavily on, you know, who exactly is out there. This is a great quarterback class coming up. Uh, this draft Caleb Williams is unbelievable that is the one thing where like if we really suck mid-season fully prepare for me to be on the tank for Caleb Williams train like I never gonna tank 
No, they never would. But that's what I, that's where I'm going to be because, you know, you saw it when I was there with Trevor Lawrence. I want us to tank for Trevor Lawrence. We didn't do it, whatever. But it's going to be a very complex situation if you are to move on from Mac because it's all going to depend on who's out there. Uh, you know, this offseason was really unique that you had Rodgers, you know, on the market, uh, Jimmy G. You had, you know, Lamar Jackson potentially going, quarterbacks in the draft, whatever. So it's all going to depend on that, too. Like, if we have a bad draft spot and there's not free agents we can go try to get, we're not the type of team where we'd force it. Like, we would just be like, all right, we know kind of in the back of our head, Mac's not our guy. We'll put him out there, maybe sign a veteran backup and just, like, kind of know in our minds that like once we get the opportunity we're going to move on from so it's not going to be as cut and dry as I presented it but yeah I think I think most people in New England are in agreement especially with the tension between him and Bill Belichick that this season's very much make or break for Mac Jones so I mean with that in mind we touched on Bill O'Brien and the O-line and stuff there's a big shakeup with the receivers too you swap Jacoby Myers out for Juju you bring Gasecki Looks like Taekwon Thornton, you know, from what we've seen this offseason, I know it's just OTAs, but it looks like he's going to be seeing a bigger role. They drafted DeMario Douglas and Keishon Boutte. How do you feel about this new receiver room? Do you think it's a big upgrade? Do you think it's a slight upgrade? Do you think it's kind of the same? So this is good. This is a good question because I think that in Bill O'Brien's offense, I think this is better. This offense will – upgrade because I think when you look at Juju and you look at Jacoby Myers, you look at it very similar players. Very similar, right? They're slot guys. They're basically slot only. They don't do anything else. Um, I think a big difference between the two is Jacoby Myers is separation. Juju is better at yards after the catch. In this offense, you need a guy that can get you yards after the catch. Because he ended with Welker, started with Edelman. That's the, that's the type of guy you need in the slot. That's what Juju brings you. Even though, I mean, Juju was the number one in Pittsburgh when Antonio Brown left that one year. And I think he got hurt during that year. But productive wide receiver. I would say that's a slight upgrade just only because of what this offense is going to be. I think Jacecki is a huge upgrade over Janu. I'm kind of sad that that did not work out. Um, but, again, in this offense, Jacecki to play tight end. He's literally going to be – he could be a slot. He could be an outside right receiver. He's going to line up in a tight end, but he will never block. Um, and he's an athletic guy, and he's a big guy, and that's a good red zone presence for Mac Jones. I like that move. I do like that. Um, I do like the Demario Douglas pick. If you've seen that guy's film from Liberty, he's fast and he is an explosive player. He's good at route running. He can create separation. I think he's going to make the 53-man roster. And I said this a couple of years ago when we first started this podcast, to watch out for Jacoby Myers. And I would say watch out for this guy because I think that he's going to make the 53-man roster and he will be seeing time on that field by like seven. And it's going to be hard to keep him off the field. And I think he'll kind of be that guy that you need to keep Marcus Jones off your offense, like that type of playmaker. Because, like, Marcus Jones is great. And he can do it all, and he's one of the most underrated players in the league by far. But you kind of want him for your return guys and your defense. So I think Demario Douglas will play a huge role for this offense down the line. That's my one bold take of this um, training camp and regular season to come. And I think that um, grabbing Booty or Boutte, I think that he was, what, a 
all-star in his freshman year. Like, he was going to be, like, five, he was a five-star yeah, recruit. Great, um, great, great, great freshman year. and sophomore year, and then it kind of just – And then kind of went down. So, maybe he'll crack the practice squad or whatever, and, like, maybe he'll show. But I'm very intrigued with Douglas. I think that the group overall got a little bit better only because of the offensive play calling. Yeah, I mean, what you just ended with there, I wouldn't even – or like for me personally, I wouldn't even consider it a hot take because I completely agree with you. Right when we drafted Demario Douglas, everything that I was seeing was this guy's such a great punt returner. He's so versatile, all this stuff. And it just clicked with me right away that it was like, oh, okay, we drafted this guy so that we can keep Marcus Jones once fine. If we you know want to just strictly play him as a slot corner, fine. But we don't have to use him everywhere because we saw it at the end of the last season. The guy was constantly getting hurt. He's like five seven, and he's fast. But I mean, he takes big hits, takes huge hits. Uh, was it against Cincinnati that he got like knocked out Man. on the field? So I think that you're completely right. Demario Douglas was a move that we made with preserving Marcus Jones in mind. I think that's the receiver that we were keen on. And I think Keishon Boutte was more so, oh, my God, this guy has such high potential, and he just fell to the sixth. Because that's what, that's what those picks are for, really. Um, so I agree with you there that, honestly, Boutte is getting all the hype because he was expected to be a first-round pick. I think he went in the sixth round for a reason um, and had that season he just had at LSU for a reason. I love the upside. I love the potential. But I agree. I think he's going to be – practice squad or you know maybe he gets cut and signs with another team on the last day or we trade him for something I think Douglas is going to be the guy that makes the roster and then you know as far as the other moves on offense yeah I mean Juju and Myers they compare pretty evenly uh we were able to get Juju for cheaper so right away it just seems like a smarter move I was pretty surprised with how cheap we were able to get him for what and was Myers it? is on sorry Myers is on a one-year deal as well is he yeah, the two so years the con- are so yeah. The other two years are like a void year, so like he can get cut from the Raiders okay. after year one. All right, sure. so and I mean the contract moves up, so it's basically that was what bothered me too. Is like everyone like obviously that's the first thing you do when um, during free agency is you look at the media number and then you freak out. Myers even opened his mouth and was like, "I see how it is," and it's like wait for the contract details to come out. And Juju's getting like three million dollars less. Well, it's not. Well, it's 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 all his incentives, but it's actually I think three-year twenty-five. Yeah, so that's a great contract for him. Like that's not Mm -hmm. what I expected him to sign for. So I definitely like that move. And yeah, you mentioned it there. It's like everybody freaks out about the initial numbers. I remember when we signed Juju, everyone was like why would you sign him to the same amount of money as Myers? Like, why wouldn't you just keep Myers? You got to wait with these things. You got to let all the details and the incentives and stuff come out. It's like the Odell Beckham contract we just saw. When that came out, everybody freaked out. And I was like, all right, this has to be heavy, heavy incentives. It's actually not, which is crazy. I think that contract they gave him is nuts. Wants anything like that. I'm not so sure I want any part of it. Um, But you know, the Jusecki deal is a good example too. And yes. Jusecki's off deal came out as a one-year, nine-year nine nine dollar contract. Yeah, it's really four and a half. It's yeah. And so you were paying Johnu what? <laughs> yeah, it was Johnu like, 50, like 16, four years fifty. 16, yeah, 
oh my 16, god 18 million this year that he's on the books for yeah i can't believe that lana took that contract on but you know regardless so yeah i like the moves that we made on offense for the receiver room it really i mean it looks like it really only got better because yes you lose jacoby myers but you have juju coming in gasecki coming in you have the there's some young guys who could step up douglas and tay so I mean, I do like what we did on the offense. I think we're going to be very similar to last year, though, where we're going to be really reliant on Ramondre Stevenson because he's a beast. And I think he has the potential that I, I fully expect him to be a pro bowler this offseason. And I think he could make that leap where he's seen as like a top five running back in the league. I, I think he's like right. I think he's right there. He's right up there already. I wouldn't say I would say tough. It's tougher top five, obviously, because the other guys in the league. But he's right there. He's like six or seven, and I think he's making his appearance mm-hmm. on another notable little move too. Is um that Damian Harris departed? Damian Harris is now Buffalo yes, Bills, and then we replaced Damian Harris with James Robinson. So on that running back group, it didn't really change much. It seems like right now, it seems like there's a battle to get more snaps behind Ramondre Stevenson and right now even though it's early it's OTAs but it's leaning towards like it's going to be Ty Montgomery yes. and I feel like that has to do more with his versatility as well but another guy I don't see James Robinson making this team unless he just like has that like fuck you mentality and seems like I'm making this rush he has going back to it, I think James he Robinson. has to yeah he has to have the offseason that Ty Montgomery had last year Ty Montgomery right. killed it last offseason played his way onto the roster when people didn't think he was getting there that's what James Robinson has to do because right now Ty Montgomery's ahead of him and Pierre Strong's ahead of him. And I want we're Pierre not Strong gonna... to get more yeah. reps. I want yes. Pierre, Pierre Strong, dude, down that stretch last year. His cuts are unbelievable, and he's fast. So I mm-hmm. think that it would be like during the Raiders game, it sucks that we didn't do the pod because now some of these memories from last year are coming up. When Stevenson was hurt in the Arizona game, and then um, when we went into Vegas, I was like, I want Pierre Strong with the ball more. Like, I want yeah. him to get more carries. Like, he, someone that will get we got you, all- like, six or seven yards every single time he touches that ball. Yeah, we probably by season's end, by, like, mid-year, it might start out that Ty Montgomery is more of that running back, too. But I think after a few weeks in, it's going to be, like, Stevenson's the power back. He's getting the bulk of the carries. And Pierre Strong is the guy who – you know, we're scheming him screens and little, like, talk. Put him in the slot, give him a jet sweep, things like that, where we're just scheming him into space. Because when Pierre Strong gets the ball in open space, he's so underrated and he's so dangerous. As you said there, the cuts are great. He's super agile. Um, and where Steven put his shoulder down, just run you over and break a ton of tackles, Pierre Strong is much more – you know, the finesse guy where he's going to make you miss, break your ankles, whatever. So, I yeah, I love Pierre Strong. I loved him coming out of the draft. Showed flashes his rookie year, really didn't do much. But, yeah, I'm hoping he can step up into that running back two role. And I think one thing, um, not even like just like the, this past offseason, but I'd say the last couple, just an overall like perspective of like the direction of this team, Matt Groh, is has been so much better than like the last like what six seven eight years we got of Dave Ziegler, like mm-hmm. oh my god what a tremendous difference like Grow has been t- is 
speed and versatility like will go a long way and we never had that i feel like mm. in the past like six years like the end of the brady run we weren't getting any of those guys we we're just getting like what whoever bill belichick from whatever college you wanted guys from um and now seeing grow just take over and i think that the first three years of matt grow have been absolutely amazing yeah no i mean you can definitely see a difference with these drafts and I was listening, there was a report from Tom Curran this morning, uh, or maybe it didn't come out this morning, I was listening to it this morning, talking about how Robert Kraft, you know, feels like better than ever about this team and, you know, is so excited about the Patriots and all this stuff, despite being 82. And it's very clearly because he's sort of stepping in and starting to take more control where he takes the draft decisions away from Bill Belichick because he had been having bad drafts. Looks like maybe he was the guy who kind of pushed for Bill O'Brien or brought him in because, frankly, you know, Bill Belichick completely duffed last season with Patricia with just trying to bring in essentially one of his buddies, a guy that he trusts, to serve that job. So I like that. Um, and, yeah, I agree. I really like the direction that this team is heading in. I love – you didn't mention it there, but I love everything about Gerard Mayo as a coach – Oh, everything we saw earlier this offseason where we were able to hang on to him and bring him back. And it seems like he's now kind of going to be the de facto defensive coordinator and sort of head coach in waiting at this point. Um, is his official title associate head coach now? I believe so. I don't know yeah. if they like officially announced what it was, but he's not going anywhere because he could have gotten interviews from Carolina. I think that was the landing spot for Mario, but he decided to stay in, stay in town. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I agree. I, I like the direction that this team is heading in from a personnel standpoint. And, you know, it was a lot to dive into there. We, you know, missed a lot this offseason, but I think we got just about everything. I don't know if you have anything else. You know, I could go for another couple hours uh, just to do, <laughs> honestly, just to touch up on everything in detail. But no, it was definitely a good first episode back since November. Um, we are in the midst of OTA live practices that are half fast speed. It's really not about competition. It's about learning. Um, I believe they have two more this week. Media will be going to, so we'll just get to be excited about Trey Nixon catching like a 60 yard touchdown pass and then looking like the wide receiver one. We will see what happens. Hope to do a podcast pretty soon. Hopefully by then, Jadri Hopkins will officially sign with the team. We'll get a good look at what the Patriots are heading into when we get into July and August, when we start to get an actual football season. Uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Um, we're going to be posting a lot more on our Instagram page. Hopefully we'll get a couple of viewers to listen to this podcast again. We'll try to promote more TikTok, Instagram, check out the two minute drill. Thank you guys for listening.